Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome to the Who's Clutch Sports Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Michael Urquhart, and I got my main man, Pots and Pans, Jamel Brown, with me. What's up, bro? What's going on? I can't call it, man. How you been? I'm good. You know me. I'm hanging in there. Bro, uh, the sports world is crazy, man. It's a couple of good stories. I wanted to pick your brain about uh, a topic that was very concerning to me. Um, and Dwayne Wade has, has come out and, you know, basically said that, you know, he's open to his child being, for lack of better words, gay. Um, they're saying that, you know, the boy's IR is a transgender and Dwayne Wade now calls him his daughter. And I wanted to pick your brain and, uh, ask you how you felt about well, for starters, um, I'm going to tread lightly because I don't want to say anything that's that's going to offend anybody. But, I mean, my personal opinion on that, being a father, having two sons, um, I just feel like that's something that's being created versus something that, you know, is finalized. Like, if, the, okay. if, if that little boy was 18, you know, even 16, um, and he was uh he wanted to do something like that, so be it. At least he has more understanding of, you know, of life. But being ten at gay parades and nails and um mm. just just stuff like that, um, I think that's something that starts with the parents. Um, that starts with the father. And um I just I disagree. Um that's not my child, so not my opinion really don't matter, but I, I really feel like that's something that's being taught to him versus something that's that's truly, truly inside of him. Like he doesn't even really understand life yet. He has made no final decisions or anything. I mean, as a child, you know, you get curious. Um, but that's where the parents can come in at to to really decipher what's what. And um, I think that it, it start it starts with the parents. I think that's the decision that they made. And it, you could, I feel like they're putting that onto him, and then now you see it. Yeah, when I look at when I look at that situation, and I and I and I see D Wade, and I, you know, his, his one of his sons played with LeBron James' son over at Sierra King, and it's like, what kind of relationship did you have with the oldest that you didn't have with the youngest? That was my first question. My second question is. How much of this is actually being encouraged inside of your household? Correct me if I'm, you know, mistaken. D. Wade said that his son told him his gender at the age of three. I, to me, in my head, that's impossible. Children that grow up, I believe the majority of the things that they do or imitate is learned behavior. It is. It's yes. learned behavior. A no child has the cognitive thinking skills to even grasp whether or not they like girls or they like boys or they're finding themselves. They're finding themselves. And for a parent to encourage that type of behavior, because I listened to D-Wade very closely and and I was trying to hear whether or not if he was going through any kind of battles you know, because I know I have two sons as well. And 
when I look at when I look at it and I look at my son, I know that there's going to be things that he's going to be exposed to that, you know, I may not be there or I may not, I may not have the, the immediate impact that I should have because, you know, I'm not present at that time. So when my son comes to me with certain topics that, you know, he's curious about, I have to, as a man, bring order to that situation and write the shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's what that's what you do. That's what we do. Kings, um, raise kings. And one of the things is, like I said, kids are curious. So even if uh, the little boy was, he had some feminine ways. That's something that could be corrected. That's where the father comes in there, right? You know, and I feel like um, <sighs> that's something that's being created. That's the situation that's being created, in my opinion. Um, Versus something that that's like naturally happening, right. um, you know, he never, he didn't even have sex yet, you know what I mean? So it's like, you didn't, he didn't even get the experience life Anything. to be able to say, "All right, this is me. Like, I don't want this. I don't want that. This is what I'm most comfortable with." It it just looked like he seen things one way, and I think that starts with the parents. And then, my my thought process is. As let's look at Gabrielle Union, right? Gabrielle Union, the mother, she has a man in D Wade, they're married. So I'm not going to say that you know you want your children to take the exact route that you take, but wouldn't you aren't isn't that the type of example that you're setting? Mother, father, raising children in the same household, isn't that the example that you want to set? Isn't that the the ideal that you want to plant inside of your child's head as a man? Isn't that the idea that you want to plant inside your son's head to take care, take care of your woman, take care of your children? Family is everything, you know, instilling those kind of principles. But it just seemed like they have, you know, this this little boy mind on a different level than what it should be as a child. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I said, man, to each his own. I don't know. I'm looking at the situation from afar and, and really, you know, trying to put things in perspective, being a father, having a son. Um, I, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand. Do you think the LGBTQ community has anything to do with this kind of uh, public outspeaking of his son actually being, quote unquote, a transgender? I really couldn't say. I don't know. Because I be I sometimes I think that these players and because I'm not even gonna get into Hollywood. That's a whole different story. Not gonna get into Hollywood, but I do I do think that you know that community does have a lot of power. You know, a lot of people in positions of power, and you really don't want you don't want any kind of backlash. You know, when we was growing up, I did see little boys getting beat up because they were feminine. I I did see little boys who, you know, show signs of, for lack of better words, being gay or homo, homosexual, you know, be outcast. You know, nobody hanging around them. And I can see how that can lead to depression or anything like that. But I just think that it, as parents, we need to take more control over 
what our children are being exposed to, or if they are exposed, correct it. Cut the head off. Um, for D Wade to call his son his daughter now, I I it, it, that's just a sad story to me, in my opinion, especially with trying to raise men. I just don't see how that is acceptable in someone's household, especially at the age that child is. That's just oh man. That that took that was a that was a shock. That was a shock to me. Yeah, only only the only real issue to me is the age. Um, the old age thing, like I said, teach his own. Um, if that's if that's the way that young man want to be, that's fine. I just wish he was a little bit older, and I just um, I feel like by him being so young, that is something that starts with with the mom and dad, mainly the father, because I'm a father and I'm looking at it from a father's perspective. Right. Men bring order, and I don't think that D Wade brought order to that situation. In my opinion, I'm. I'm looking from the outside, looking in. I can only listen to interviews and, you know, it just, and to me, what, what, what really was big to me was that a lot of analysts really didn't ask D way, you know, some questions to get inside the mind of how he was actually handling it. I just think that, you know, he's saying, you know, I'm acceptive of it publicly saying that he's accepting it because he don't want anybody to think that he's disowning his child because he has a problem with the child being feminine, things of that nature. But I think that, you know, certain analysts should have asked him, you know, better questions to get a more understanding of how D Wade went through the process of. No, they're not going to ask him anything. You are, you either had this conversation up here. You already know they're not going to ask him nothing. Um, it's too, too much of a sensitive topic. Everybody want to keep their job. Nobody want no backlash, so they're going to stay in place. Yeah, but just look, just think about the seed that is planting, though, bro. Like, if you know some... the seed, you know the seed that is planting. Is this now you're going to look up as they, they, you know, the floodgates going to be open for the next ten year old to be, you know, gay or, you know, whatever the homosexual, whatever the situation may be. And I, like I said, I just think this. This the world we live in today. You know, it's everything starts in Hollywood. Is is these these is these trends, and then it, it it trickles down to the masses. Right, right, and they're going to be the prime example for years to come. For years to come, like they are now. In my opinion, that example that you look at and say, "Well, yeah, D Wade and Gabrielle Union did it." You know, they accept, you know, Zaire as a as a woman. Why can't you do the same? And then if somebody looks at them and says, well, you know, if they was raised that being gay is wrong or being a homosexual is wrong. And, you know, they stick to their old school principles. They may be looked at as bad parents because they're trying to instill those old school characteristics or or normal characteristics because I don't think in my opinion that being a homosexual is normal you know women are made for reproducing get what I'm saying so uh, and birth is a beautiful thing and I feel like you take away that beautiful thing when you decide to be a homosexual so that's just that's my take on it I, I you know Teach his own, man. Yeah, teach you know, your own. You can't yeah. tell nobody how to raise their children, but I do think you can't that. tell nobody how to raise their children. You can't tell nobody how to be. None of that. 
but in, in this in this instant, my personal opinion, as I stated before, being a father, I just think he's too young, and there's a lot that uh, that's going on. To me, he doesn't even really understand. So I feel like that situation is more so being created than anything. Right. Yes, that's definitely being created more than having a natural flowing process to actually see what the child actually wants to do, what decision that he wants to make. Yeah, that's a slippery slope. Speaking of uh, (laughs) slippery slopes, what's going on with Antonio Brown? Like, did you hear him apologize? He apologized to the Steelers, Big Ben, Juju. Like, what you think going on with Antonio Brown? Well, um, again, you know, looking at it from outside, where else is he making $30 million a year? Um, Nowhere. <laughs> exactly. So you understand why he apologized then. So you um, think it got some, it's all about the money? What? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's about the money. Like, again, where else is he making $30 million a year at? And it's just like, you know, um, money plays a factor in it. I mean, I think he he might have a little mental issue, but um, that's just my take on it. Like, I don't really know. I don't know the man, but I, I can look at it. Same thing with, with Floyd. Where else is he making $100 million in one night at? Right. You 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 sit there and you step away from something, then you start realizing like ain't nothing like this in my life. Like ain't nothing else generating this type of money. So you know you kind of come back to it. So I think that's that's what's going on, with Antonio Brown. I think Antonio Brown tried to shed some light on for one Big Ben because everybody looked at Big Ben as this, you know leader this angel you know overlook you know certain things that that he had to deal with on off the field issues and i think antonio brown might have got tired of that and wanted to shed some light on that but did it in the wrong way also i do think that he was trying to and this is just my opinion take a stand for black athletes in the nfl similar to what black athletes are doing inside of the NBA Um, because he was making statements like I don't need the NFL the NFL needs me you know that kind of statement lets me know that Antonio Brown was trying to take a stand for black athletes in the NFL to maybe have a stronger voice there's ways ways of going about things though like you know throwing dicks at police and all the crazy shit he's doing it's just like (laughs) you you only gonna be taking but so much you know what I mean serious so uh, it's it's, it's ways of going about things it's possible that he was trying to take a stance I feel like LeBron really started that um, with all athletes really showing the world that the power is in the athletes when he did the whole transition to Miami and just everything. And if you remember, Antonio Brown was in one of the episodes sitting with LeBron uh, in the barbershop. I forget the name of the show. But he was one of the people that that was sitting with Brian Ed Davis. You know, Ed Davis starts speaking out as well. Like, LeBron is really trying to get these these athletes to really um, control their own destiny. And it's, it may work for some, and some it may not work for. And in, his, in his situation right now, it didn't work. So, you know, we'll see. Then he started going off doing music. I didn't like when he put that little incident, uh, that little uh, incident on live that was happening between him and his woman. 
how he was just, you know, completely degrading her on live TV. Now, I'm a huge advocate, uh, a huge advocate for everybody not knowing the story. Like everybody just looks at one instance and then, you know, just judge off that. But nobody really takes the time to hear the whole story. So I'm not sure what she may have done to anger him to even, you know, show that type of behavior. But you just don't take that and put it, you know, on social media for everybody to see what the slippery slope that you was already going down. Is is it your plan to come back to the NFL? Because if it is, you completely severed it. Yeah, I don't know um, if he have much say in his return to the NFL. Um, I don't know. Like he do start wilding, so I don't. I really don't know. Yeah, he is. But and it's crazy because you was the best wide receiver in the league, either one A or one B, next to Julio Jones. And let's not forget. But he was the best receiver in the league. That's why I say that he was trying to take a specific stance because he was at the top. He was labeled the best. He just went about it completely wrong. That's, and the, that's the thing. Him. That's the thing. He went about it wrong. So we'll see. Yeah, he's making a fool of himself. But he apologized, and I think that's the first. That's the first step of actually showing that you you have remorse. So that's I, the first I, I step like, of saying you going broke. I don't see the remorse part. I don't really see him being remorseful. I see that. You just see him going broke. I see that as the first step of being broke, bro. Yeah, I do. Well, going broke, going broke. I'm pretty sure he got money, but going broke. You're not making thirty million in one year nowhere else. So that's going to definitely affect your 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 bank account. Yeah, the the NFL is the NFL does have its way of letting players know who run the show, and Antonio Brown just got the short end of the stick on this one. Yeah, if you was a boss, you'll you'll do you'll you'll put your foot down sometimes too. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Just like I feel like Joe Burrow might put his foot down and tell the Bengals he ain't signing with him. Man, what you think about that? Uh, I mean, first and foremost, I feel like um, being drafted is a blessing. So and, and I I've never been drafted, so I can't I can't really say how to feel or nothing like that. But I I do know that is a blessing. So I, I look at it as if anybody take you, go. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's just something that you do. You don't you don't start getting you don't get too cocky. You don't you know, that to me that's that's cocky saying well I'm going here I'm going there instead of just you know going to going to playing the NFL living out your dream. It's not wrong with him trying to control his destiny at all. Um, if he has the leverage to do it, then use it. But, you know, being a young man, um, just having the opportunity to live out your dream, I just think that no matter who take him, he should just go and play and play, play his best. Yeah, they uh comparing it to the Eli Manning situation. and oh, Eli Manning, that would have never happened if his last name wasn't Manning. This, this is what I say to that. Eli Manning, he, you know, you can't help what, what family you're a part of. He was born with the Mannings. Okay, he's a Manning. But his father knew Eli's worth and knew that he didn't need to go play for no San Diego Chargers. He needed to play in a big market because he knew Eli was going to win rings. If that is the stance that Joe Burrow family is taking with him, I think they should do it. 
we've seen a lot yeah, of if you can, if you can, if you could choose, if you could control your own destiny, who wouldn't? But I'm saying in the situation, if you don't really have none of them options, then don't be a sore loser. Like right, take the blessing, and then you know, perfect your craft. Right. I mean, we've seen a lot of number one draft picks. We've seen the Browns take quarterbacks year in and year out, and we haven't seen them hit on a quarterback in over a decade. So we've seen teams put good quarterbacks in bad situations based on, you know, their production on the field or their production in the draft, having a team that's worthy of playing for. And the Bengals is not that. You don't want to see a talent like Joe Burrow playing for the Cincinnati Bengals. And, I, you know, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks, man, that, that get taken in the first round, number one overall, and not win the Super Bowl, let alone be on a good team for the first five or six years. So I think Joe Burrow does have a decision to make, a very hard decision, um, because on one hand, you can – you know, take that franchise by storm and put it on your back and say that the rise of the Cincinnati Bengals came from Joe Burrow. You can take that mentality. Or you can look at the Bengals and, and see that they haven't been doing a good job drafting. They haven't brought no talent there. Their offensive line is subpar. Uh, and you'll just be throwing them to the wolves. Not to mind you, that, that division is loaded. Yeah, well, they're in the rebuilding process. Um, like I said, just if you got the chance to, or the option to control your own destiny, then use use that. But if you don't, then, you know, take the blessing and perfect your craft. John Gruden had a very good year last year. Um, saw some production from the draft picks that he got from trading Khalil Mack. Uh, where do you think the Raiders is headed this offseason? Which direction do you think they're headed in? Well, I do believe that um, it's a major possibility. And, I, and I've said this all along, even before I even heard one person say it on TV. Right. I think that uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big possibility that uh, Tom Brady is headed to Vegas. And mm. the, reason, the reason why I say that is because, I mean, you see it all the time in the NBA. Like, it's it's just, it's marketing, it's, it's, it's ratings, it's, it's just it's just everything just equal money when it's a big change like that and um and the and the narrative like the story the storyline just to see Tom Brady uh try to win one without Belichick Belichick try to win one without Tom Brady and the head to head matchups and just everything with that it'd be it'd it'd be big time for the NFL so just having somebody like Tom Brady go to Vegas. I don't really see the NFL having a a a a, a team in Vegas that's corny. Like right. I really see them having some 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 major pieces and and like winning. Um, so I think the start of it is is having Tom Brady trading Derek Carr maybe to the Patriots, getting pieces for him, um, picking up pieces in the draft, just really building something for Tom Brady to win with. And I think Vegas is the is the is the the next landing spot outside of the Patriots if you decide to leave. Ah, that is um, – I can see the storylines if Tom Brady gets traded or, you know, goes to the Raiders and, you know, head-to-head matchups. Everybody would love to see Tom Brady go up against Bill Belichick. And so I, I, I can see some of your points, but I just think that, you know, Tom Brady is stuck in his ways. And what I mean by that is you spent so long 
you know, with a team that has done things the right way, you know, and, and I'm, we, you can bring up cheating. You know, everybody talks about the Patriots being cheaters. I may be a little bit biased because I'm a Giants fan and we beat them twice in the Super Bowl and they could have cheated and I didn't care. <laughs> but I look at Tom Brady and I do think he's kind of stuck in his ways. I don't think that he wants to leave the Patriots way. You know, he loves Bill Belichick. He likes how the team is being ran, uh, you know. And I think that with Patrick Mahomes winning the Super Bowl in the AFC, it's just, it kind of takes that that competition level to the next level if you're Tom Brady. Like, oh, somebody won the Super Bowl in the AFC and it wasn't me. Well, if he go to the Raiders, when he be going to that, that division? Yeah, he'll be going to that division, but you're talking about competition. There you go. Uh, but do you really want to play him twice in a year or you want to play him one time when it matters? Well, you spoke about competition, so that's yeah, in the want... playoffs. Play I think the playoffs is the highest competition. Yeah, you know, you rarely yeah. see division teams play each other in the playoffs. You rarely see division teams play each other in the playoffs. So if Tom Brady wants to beat Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, I would think that he would want to do so playing with the Patriots and regaining that. Or avoiding them, like you just said. You know, you don't really want to play a team. Let somebody else knock them up. You know what I mean? So, I mean, like I said, there's multiple ways to look at it. I just think if he leaves the Patriots, which is unknown, if he leaves, then I think that's where he's going. I think he's going to Oakland. Well, I think he's going to Vegas. I think he's going to Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a shot in the wind. I just think that Tom Brady is just like he's he's stamped in New England, home in New England. We ain't heard about him having or buying a new home anywhere else, similar to the uh, Philip Rivers situation. You know, he's just planted and stamped. If you think that he's going to move his family from, you know, calm, quiet, you know, Massachusetts, besides the Aaron Hernandez when he was tearing Massachusetts up, we ain't going to talk about that, to Las Vegas. I don't see Tom Brady making that kind of move, especially, you know, with him and his family. That's that might be a little shot. But um, but yeah, man, I uh I've been uh watching him, watching the NBA, Zion averaging 20. How you feel about the Pels? How you feel about the Pels? They going to the offs? Uh I would like to see them make the offs. Um I would I would like to see them make the offs. I really do. Like I said, I, that's why I was excited for him to to get out there because he, he he's a winner. He's the glue. And he, he's just the team just better when he's out there. And um you see it. Like you see that team. See the team got an extra uh boost once 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 he uh returned. And now they got a chance at, at making the playoffs. So let's see. I think I'm not Zion... surprised at nothing. I'm not surprised at nothing as at all. Right. Only thing I'm surprised at is that um, the league is allowing him to do the, his two foot gathers and like kind of like jump step, which they was calling a walk for the previous years. That was my only thing that I was concerned about when I was watching him in college is they want to let him play his game, and he has. So as long as they let him play his game, it's not going to be too much he could do with him. Yes, Zion. I I don't think that the Pels should break that team up. To be honest, and I'm and I'm being serious when I say that I think that the Pels to keep that team the way it is. They're runners. You don't want to bring no old people, no old veterans to the New Orleans Pelicans. You don't want to do that. that. That team wants to run. You're going to have to strap down on defense, you know, but they're going to be running. Zion, 
I said that he was probably going to be averaging, you know, 15 to 17 points. You know, he's averaging a dub. I wanted to see if the league was going to allow him to play that physical, throw his body around, you know, jumping over people's backs because he got a higher vertical than them. You know, because if they'd have did that, they'd have cashed. They would have. They would have hurt his game, and they would have hurt his mental for the game, and it would have been harder for him to transition. But he's doing a very good job. A very good job. Um, I don't think the Pels is going to make the playoffs this year. I don't. I think that the Memphis Grizzlies is going to make the playoffs. I'd like John Morant to win Rookie of the Year. No disrespect to Zion, but I'm all about somebody who's been going through the grind since day one, rather than you know stepping in a couple months once the season started. So uh, we'll see. It's, it's going to be a great NBA season. I think the playoffs is going to be electrifying. Uh, I, I definitely want to see that Lakers and Clips Western Conference Finals. I want to see that bad. I want to see that bad. But any gems that you want to drop, bro, before we get up out of here? Any gems? Uh, no, I, I'm st- even though the Clippers over there lowing up, I still feel like the Lakers. The Lakers is a team to beat in the West, and the Sixers is a team to beat in the East. And that's all because of size, pace, um, athleticism, game plan. Like I just think both of those teams are are telling me um, for the playoffs, which is a more physical style of play, which is a slower pace of basketball, more so um, walk the ball up, execute. Not a lot of fast breaks. Defense. And um, I think those teams they they dominated the, they dominate the painted area. So when it's when it's all said and done, it's, it's twos going to be twos versus threes, and the yeah. higher high percentage shots, I'm gonna go with the Lakers and the Sixers coming out of both coasts. To piggyback off you said, I I think the Clips, I think the Clips may take the Lakers just based off of I want to see what kind of production the Lakers are going to have when Bron touched the bench. That's going to be major to me. Um, and I want to see what kind of coaching adjustments that Brett Brown is going to make. Because if he don't and he keep the same rotation playing Al Horford and Embiid at the same time, that Sixers team is going nowhere near the NBA championship. Nowhere. So that's that's just my take on the Sixers. Um, they need They need some help. But, yeah, bro, I thank you for your time. Definitely thank you for your opinion. You know, you my man, pots and pans all day. Uh, to the listeners, to the listeners out there, to our fans, greatly appreciate giving a listener air. Peace and love.